Every day in every city, almost every person has the same habit. When faced with an empty carton or plastic wrapping that's done wrapping something, or pieces of paper that are no longer useful, it goes into the bin, and that's the last we think about it. It's the same when you. <clears throat> But with the world's pollution at an all-time high and islands of plastic floating in our oceans, we need to think about waste in new ways. Smart cities around the world are creating waste-related solutions that are more efficient, more environmentally friendly, and more sustainable. In this episode of the Waterfall Podcast, we travel to India to chat to Salman Zafar, CEO of waste advisory company Bioenergy Consult. We also cross over to Belgium to find out more about the concept of net zero waste, and Waterfall's Kyra Rautenbach and Piet Joubert explain more on how cities of tomorrow are tackling today's waste management. I'm Spike Ballantyne, and this is the Waterfall Podcast Season Three: Smart Cities. Almost anyone would agree that the way in which our trash and sewage is dealt with in general right now is far from ideal. So any improvement would be a good thing. Although practices like recycling are now more commonplace, there are still lots of gaps in the waste management process, leading to inefficiencies on many levels and a heavier impact on the environment. But with the advent of the smart city, things are about to change. My name is Salman Zafar. I am the CEO of Bioenergy Consult, which is an India-based consulting firm focused on waste management and recycling. Salman explains how some of the new ways to deal with waste compare with the old. Just like the smart devices, which makes use of sensors, smart waste management is also a tech-driven method to manage waste in cities. If we take the current waste management situation in our cities, it starts with the waste being created by the individuals uh, and disposed of in trash bins near the creation point. The disposed trash is then collected by the municipalities or the private contractors. And transfer to the waste transfer stations before its final transfer to the recycling plant. But this kind of waste management has its own problems because sometimes the trash bins are overfilled, while some trash bins are underfilled. Overfilled trash bins create unhygienic conditions. And lastly, the, all the collected trash is mixed, which makes it very difficult to separate into different components of the recycling plant. And that's where the smart waste management systems comes into the picture. It contributes to the increased recycling efficiency and provides road optimization opportunities to reduce traffic and fuels. An important benefit of a smart waste management is that it helps in identifying the different types of waste. Adding that layer of technology might sound like a complex thing to do. We're dealing with everything from sensor-enabled rubbish bins that send out alerts when they're full to garbage trucks powered by renewable energy. But the road to efficient waste management can start with small steps, and in some cases, it happens literally from the ground up. Well, making a switch is not as complex as it sounds to be, because smart waste management is primarily based on. Tech-driven tools such as robotic waste sorting systems, automated waste collection, IoT-enabled garbage cans, renewable energy-powered garbage trucks, mobile apps. I have an example here from Singapore. They installed smart solar-powered rubbish bins, and each bin was equipped with a compactor, which gave it eight times more capacity than a normal rubbish bin. 
and the system has an enclosed design which prevented scavengers, pests, and odors, and they were connected wirelessly for easy monitoring and mapping. Because once the bill was full, its sensors will detect and send email or text messages alerts to the mobile phone of claimants. And this kind of system has been in place in Singapore since 2016. While there are a lot of ways to begin implementing smart city waste management solutions, it's important to remember that it's not a one-size-fits-all concept. And where a city is in the world will have an impact on what kind of programs are able to be put in place. There's no magic bullet here. For example, a city like New Delhi, there's more than 20,000 tons of waste every day, while a city like one in Europe may be generating quite less. If we take the case of the developing world, we see more non-recyclable items because recyclables are stripped off by the scavengers by the informal replicators. This is not the case in Europe and North America. So the most important factors here are the quantity of waste that is generated, the quality of the waste, and what is the waste collection frequencies? Is it daily or weekly or maybe fortnightly? Then the public willing to accept this kind of system in the local situations. The local situation at Waterfall is that traditional glass, paper and plastic recycling programs are being ramped up. Kyra Rautenbach is the sustainability manager for Waterfall's development partner, Attack. She outlines what the next steps in their waste management plans are. We've started off with developing an integrated waste management plan um, for Waterfall. And this involves basically an in-depth study of all waste streams, waste types and waste volumes in Waterfall. So it involves going into our tenant spaces, auditing all the different types of waste. So that actually leaves the premises and understanding the entire supply chain. So where's the waste generated and where does it go? Where's it disposed once it leaves Waterfall? Um, so a waste management plan will help us identify economies of scale for any specific initiatives that require critical mass to be viable. So once you've got the study done and we've got more information, we'll be able to clearly identify where those real waste opportunities lie. One part of the plan is to improve Waterfall's waste to landfill diversion rate. And the first steps in that program have already been taken with the addition of an in-vessel composting machine, or IVC. We're actually on site here at the Waterville City Waste Depot, and we're looking at the 100-ton in-vessel composting machine. And um, it's being commissioned at the moment, being installed on site, so we're really excited. It should be operational in the next few days. This machine will take 100 tons of food waste at a continuous rate to produce our fertilizer. Um, and so it's, it's, you know, you can actually get up on top of it, look into the window and watch the food waste being um, produced into the fertilizer and you'll see the outcome on the other side and we'll take it over to the compost site. So it's, it's going to have a huge mechanical arm that rotates the food waste on the inside and you can watch basically baking um, and, that, and that good fertilizer being produced on the other end. So food goes in and then in what form does it come out on the other side does it look like compost is it in bales what does it look like no, it's a very interesting looking product um, it looks like it's been eaten up by something which it actually has so that's the bakashi doing its magic and so it really like disintegrates um, the food waste into a type of mulch and it's got a gray color there's not much left to it but it's really really potent fertilizer and so we add that back to the compost and you actually can't really uh, see that it's been added to the compost it sort of blends in 
The compost that Cairo mentioned is a product of another waterfall waste management initiative. Pit Yubar, general manager of the waterfall management company, explains. We already have a composting facility on Waterfall and the composting facility takes most of the garden waste and the green waste generated on the estate and the IVC machine that we are now in the POC phase, uh, we're very much looking forward to it because the fertilizer will enhance the composting at the compost site. These composting and fertilizer initiatives are arguably a little bit more pertinent to waterfall than they might be to other smart cities because of the fact that you're in an eco-sensitive area. So with that in mind, what other considerations have come into play when it comes to waste management for waterfall? From our side, one of the huge successes is obviously the litter trap in the Yixke River. We catch a tremendous amount of waste there. It actually far exceeded what we thought that we are going to catch. We've caught 2,666 cubic meters of waste the past year. So the fact that we catch the waste and the fact that we also do a lot of litter cleaning within the estate, it just shows you that we have sustainability as one of our pillars and we, um, we, we're really looking at the biodiversity. Of course, removing litter from rivers and responsibly disposing of or recycling waste are all good initiatives. But there is a concept that's beginning to be explored by a few smart cities around the world, and that's to generate no waste at all. It's called net zero waste, and we spoke to a specialist in the field to find out more about it. My name is Jack McQuibbon. I am the Zero Waste Cities Program Coordinator at the Brussels-based NGO Zero Waste Europe. We started off by asking Jack just what zero waste entailed. At its basic core, zero waste is the conservation of all resources through responsible production, consumption, and ultimately the full recovery of products. And so this includes packaging and and all materials. And crucially, this involves no resources being wasted. Zero waste is the practical methodology for achieving a circular economy. There's no doubt that zero waste is a very grand idea and that it takes a lot of working parts across different disciplines to get it right. But according to Jack, it starts with something with which we're already familiar, recycling. At its core foundation, to begin with, you need to sort of have an effective separation of the materials that can be recovered and therefore recycled. And so in Europe, this is a sort of separated at the household in key material waste streams. So like five or six at the minimum, paper and cardboard, plastics and metals, glass, organics being the key and really to highlight there. And then also um, sometimes other materials as well. And this is supplemented by the collection of bulky waste or be the availability for citizens and businesses to be able to drop off these sort of electronic waste or hazardous waste that maybe is a bit more problematic to have collected from the household itself. So that's the key starting point when we talk about zero waste cities, because it often uh, within a space of a couple of months with that separate collection system in place, you can dramatically reduce the volume of waste that's sent to landfills or sent to incineration. And then once you've reduced this, specifically if you're really effectively tackling the organics as well, which is often a key problem because it's one of the most reoccurring items found in the, in the waste bin. So if you are supporting maybe home composting or community composting, then what you're left with, perhaps the residual waste, you know, we're talking about you're left with 40, 30, 20% of what you did before this system started. And then this is where you can get into some of the exciting things about, okay, 
how do we reuse? How do we sort of think about products so that they can be redesigned and ultimately sort of these local reuse systems, whether that's deposit return schemes for food or beverage containers or, you know, repair cafes for bikes or electronics. That's when you really start to think about not only the reduction of waste, but also a sort of a reduction in the overall consumption. An important part of the zero waste idea is that it doesn't start when you're about to throw your cardboard container or a plastic carton into the recycling bin. It begins before the product has even reached your hand and even before it's been put on the shelf. Jack explains how product design is also part of zero waste. You've really got to be thinking about in the design phase, how can this product be used time and time again without losing its value? Whether that's redesigning the specific materials or the way a product is constructed, that could be one, or simply through rethinking the way that it could be used after its initial use. So, for example, can it be repurposed or remanufactured? for a different sort of purpose within society. These are some of the key, exciting and often quite innovative ways to think about zero waste or to think about products and materials in a zero waste approach. That means that smart cities need to work in tandem with businesses to make zero waste a reality. One of the reoccurring issues and the key stakeholder to include here is businesses as well. Big, large uh, multinational companies who continue to put non-recyclable materials onto the market because for all the, the goodwill and the good actions of, of citizens, if the materials continue to be single use, they're complexly made with different plastics, for example, and therefore extremely hard or impossible to recycle, then there's only one destination they're going to end up in, well, two destinations, a landfill or an incinerator. And this is where political will and leadership is needed to set the regulations in place to increase the recyclability, the reusability of materials based onto the market. Jack, this concept sounds like it's a very long way off from being any sort of reality just because of the complexity of it and all the different moving parts. But are there any cities in the world that you know of that are already starting to implement net zero waste programs? When we look at a country as a whole, we often champion uh, Slovenia, uh, which is high recycling, sort of second or third in the EU, but also has one of the lowest waste, total waste generation per person. So it's high recycling and low total consumption. So these are key metrics to think about in terms of success. Uh, there's also Italy, which is a real hotspot, particularly in the sort of northern parts of Italy for, for zero waste cities. And we often cite this examples because there are over 100 municipalities in Italy that are separately collecting 90% and above of the total waste that's generated and therefore like recycling vastly above 80. And this, as you go down towards 80, 70%, there are thousands of local authorities achieving some of Europe's best performing results. And so they're doing this, as I mentioned, through having a clearly and well-designed separation system for materials, uh, and that's door-to-door. So at the curbside, um, so households are separating themselves and then they're sort of putting out these rubbish nets collected. And we're also working very actively in in Africa, whereby there are some zero-waste best practices in Dar es Salaam, I think Durban too, perhaps. And of course, we often cite the Rwandan single-use plastic bag ban as a really sort of ambitious impactful policy. And so we talk a lot about European and yes, some of the infrastructure that we have utilized, but ultimately zero waste is a set of philosophies and model that can be tailored in various different contexts. So rather than collecting at the doorstep, you're sort of collecting on the street and you're supporting waste pickers. Those kind of systems can flourish. They just need the right support, buy-in from politicians. And so I would definitely say it's 
100% replicable across the world. It's a key set of policies, beliefs. Um, as I said, this vision really of creating systems that don't generate waste in the first place isn't absolutely a European-only mindset. Waste management in a smart city concept takes on different challenges and offers different solutions. But John emphasizes that the ecological and sustainability benefits that good waste management offers is matched to economic and social benefits. We see quite often public procurement as a key sort of driver for change. And municipalities in Europe are putting requirements in public tenders for, for contracts or services that require companies to you know, um, not only prioritise reuse to have an environmental benefit, but also that these companies require they hire a certain amount of maybe typically disadvantaged uh, members of the community or un- previously unemployed members of the community. So there are a number of social benefits that this brings because you can really engage the broader community in a zero-waste cities approach through increasing jobs. So um, there was a new study out recently by our partners at Gaia that showcased, I think, reuse jobs create 400 times more jobs than um, waste incineration as well. So there is a much wider sort of impact that can be had with zero waste. Ultimately, though, any smart city waste management plan has to involve its citizens. After all, they're the ones filling the bins with recycling, organic, non-organic and e-waste. As Pitt explains, Waterfall is taking an active role in engaging its citizens in responsible waste management. We've been communicating the message of the seriousness of the waste issue in South Africa with residents. We also ran with a lot of surveys in the residential estates. And we actually found that a lot of the residents actually came back and said that they're willing to participate in uh, recycling initiatives specifically for organic waste if we find a viable solution. So in addition to the IVC machine, a lot of the residents are definitely willing to also make use of Pukashi bins. And that is definitely something that we are going to roll out throughout the residential estates. And that will tie in very nicely with the the circular economy and the composting facility that we already have there. Waste management will remain a challenge for a long time to come, with an equal need for political will, public participation and technological solutions. But the move to more responsible ways to deal with the things that are thrown away every day has already started. And Waterfall is a leading example in South Africa. This has been another episode of the Waterfall podcast. Find all the episodes on your favorite podcast platform, as well as on the Cliff Central and Go Waterfall apps.